it was a very exciting time for me uh, because I'm going to be introducing my son uh, and his heart uh, is interested in the Lord and the scriptures and stuff. And I'm, I don't know of anything that's better than to have your kids really love the Lord Jesus and to want to follow him. And uh, I realize that that's a passion that a lot of us have been disappointed in our families at times with family members and people have choices to make. And I know that. And I'm not doing anything better than anybody else, but God is sovereign. And he's able to work. And so I'm very thankful, very thankful for what he's been doing in the life of my little boy. And uh, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord for him. Uh, in trying to evaluate what we're doing here, I've been trying to think of a case that in the Bible, uh, there are lots of examples in the scriptures of, of people. I think of Timothy, for example, who was not listed as one of the apostles. Uh, he is one that uh, had gained notoriety uh, to Paul by some of the people who knew him in the church. His life and his commitment had caused him to stand out. And so they had commented on his life and uh, that kind of elevated him. It did elevate him and Paul began to use him to the point that almost every single letter that Paul wrote, uh, he it was Paul and Timothy, whatever, in doing it. He was just right there as a very close friend. And I think about that. Another example that I uh, was interested in was that of um, a Jew who was born and lived down in Egypt, in Alexandria, Egypt. His name was Apollos. And uh, he was a, he was termed a very eloquent man. He was a person that, that so stood up and spoke, and he was very clear and very very uh, able to deliver clearly the th the thoughts that were on his heart, which Pete does, by the way. He does a good job of that, and I appreciate that. And it says also that he was mighty in the scriptures. Now, this is a man that uh, you, you remember the testimony of Apollos uh, later. Apollos, Aquila came and began to help him a little bit with some things relating his understanding of John the Baptist and the baptism and so on and so forth. And so, uh, but this man was honest in the Old Testament scriptures. He knew that it pointed to the Messiah and he was talking about the Messiah and preaching the Messiah. He was to the point that he is termed mighty in the scriptures. And so here is the man who's not he was not called an apostle. He was not placed on the list of the church, but he was mighty in the scriptures. And uh, he was, it says that he was speaking accurately the things concerning Jesus, even though he was only acquainted with the baptism of John. And uh, he began to speak out boldly in the synagogue, which was a, was a good indication to me of his heart and his determination to take a stand for truth in spite of what opposition there might be surrounding him, that he took a stand for that. And uh, later on, uh, he wanted to go to Achaia and uh, the church encouraged him. And they even wrote letters uh, to the disciples there to welcome him and uh, to help those. And so he did, he went, they wrote a letter to accompany him and he went to Achaia and he, it said he, he powerfully refuted the Jews. That is, as though he was a Jew and he refuted the Jews himself and demonstrating by the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. So it was a, it was a very good testimony for me. Paulus had such a strong testimony that if you remember in the book of uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the church had a problem of dividing up into little cliques. Some are of Paul, some of are Apollos, some of Cephas, and some of Christ. And so his his teaching and his ministry was very influential, and it even there were people that were even following after him. And so that that, that there are places in the scripture, the Bible talks about in Proverbs that a person with a gift, the gift will make room for him, and he will stand before not just peasants, but great men. And uh, this, I'm not, I'm not putting you in the category of standing before kings or anything, but you're, you are gifted and you've used that and you've pursued that. And God is, I think he's blessed that, blessed you ministry. I know he has in my life. And I know he has in the, other, in the other people's lives. I can see it. I can tell that. And so uh, 
I'm excited about that. What's going to happen is I'm going to sit down, which will be to your relief, and he's going to come up here, and I'm going to ask you, he will share your, your testimony, Pete, you want to do that, and part of that testimony would be called to ministry, and uh, if you see any, if you have any particular passion or vision from your perspective, we'd like to hear what that is, and this is not, this is not placing him in my place as the pastor of the church, this is licensing him to preach, ordain, uh, to, to be recognized by the church as a as a gifted teacher. And that's possible that other churches may hear him and try to call him to the ministry, but that's, this is a step in which he's recognized, you understand what I'm saying, by the church, uh, that God has his hand on your life and you're a formal uh, teaching uh, shepherd in the church. And that's because you're good, you're doing a very good job. And this, what I'd also like is to hear from you later, your thoughts, criticisms or whatever, and I know he would like to hear that too, but uh, we want God's will. This is not the promoting a hereditary, successive generational position in the pulpit. This is seeking God's will in our midst as he raises up people. And uh, this he's not the only one. There are several people in the church that I've seen that I noticed that God's hand is on them. And he's used them. And we want him to do that more often. So anyway, please don't come up here. Thank you very much, by the way. Water is very valuable. So I don't know why. Oh, Jeff is here too. Oh, Eric. Oh, man. Eric said, the apple doesn't fall. <laughs> it's a generation thing. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why they need to extend both me and you grace, right? <laughs> Considering the tree. Yeah. Eric said, uh, he asked me this morning, he said, uh, where's, your, where's your coat? No, and I said, well, I, I just left it at home. They, they thought better and he said, well, maybe you should have worn armor instead. So <laughs> uh, a quick word of prayer. Again. Heavenly Father, um, dedicate this time to you. Um, I, I don't certainly deserve to be up here recognized that you know, I feel like a reluctant uh, servant. Uh, just thinking back to my days in high school, even when I tried to be quiet and, and blend in the background and, and kept pushing forward into challenges uh, to, to speak up and speak out and, and uh, uh, just didn't let me fade into the background. And uh, so we know that you wire each of us differently. We all have the same problem of, of a sin nature in Adam and the same solution of a new identity in Christ, but within the bounds of that shared common bond, there's not multiple giftings. There's different directions that you take. The very grace of God that Peter talks about um, that you use in your purposes, in your ways, for your glory, to edify your people, that together we may all grow to be more like the Savior. And that's my desire, even this morning and and in the months and years ahead. Whatever whatever you want to do in my life, or in, and also in the lives of, of the church here and all of us, we, we place that in your hands. And, and uh, just again acknowledge you this morning as the one who is to be lifted up here in Jesus' name. Um, so we've been doing testimonies, and I guess uh, it's my turn to do a little bit of a quick, quick testimony. Uh, I was born a young person. <laughs> um, yeah, without getting into you know my life, so I, I like what I think it was Larry that said one time when he was giving his testimony. He says not so much your testimony is not just. We tend to think of that as some moment in the past that God worked in your life and worked through you to himself and 
And, you know, what did the Lord do, you know, I was going to throw out numbers, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever, you know, um, but what is the Lord doing now as well, right? What he's doing now uh, is, is all part, because none of us are completely safe, right? Salvation is not a point in time. Salvation is a process. And, uh, and, and so uh, I just I want to talk briefly about that as I'm thinking about it. Uh, I've been thinking about it in terms also of maybe writing down to my, my daughters as well. I want them to know where the Lord has taken me. But I grew up in church, um, and I grew up, uh, I didn't know dad before he was uh, saved. And, uh, and, and so um, I've always just been in a Christian home. We had two parents that were Christians, right? And Dad was studying for the ministry for many years before he was called in 87 uh, to the church here. And uh, um, and we went out, as you know, to California to be part of John MacArthur's church, Grace Community Church out there uh, for, for four years, sat under his teaching and sat under uh, um, our youth our youth pastor time, which Chris Mueller, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but he's, he's a kind of well-known Extremely well-known pastor, very, very good. Anyway, the point is, lots of really good teaching, right? Uh, went to Christian schools, sat under a lot of good Christian teachers, uh, you know, uh, who, who, not only whose words, but whose lives backed it up. So I saw this and was exposed to it, and, and at four years old, I had prayed to receive the Lord, or thought I did, uh, with Dad at a, at a Bible study together. And for... Uh, many, many years, I leaned on that as my uh, my testimony. Of course, if you would ask me a testimony, I would have told you, okay, I'm four years old, I'm ready to see the Lord, and so on. But in high school, uh, through a, a long series of circumstances, I began to really question whether I believed this myself, right? And, and where, or if it's just something that was sort of, you grow up in the environment and you, you know, you just sort of, Go along to get along, you know, kind of thing. And so uh, I didn't know it at the time, but the Lord created a, a real thirst in me to know whether this is really true. And so, uh, you know, how can I know it better? And so forth. At the same time, also, the Lord was putting his finger on sins in my life that were manifesting a heart that was something other than what I pretended it to be, right? And I, you know, I think we're very good. I'm particularly here at, uh, you know, putting on a, a good front. You know, I think all of us do this. Uh, we call it hypocrisy. Hypocrisy comes from the Greek uh, play acting, right? Where the actor, the actors in the Greek theater would come out with these masks on, right? It'd be a happier, sad mask, and they would portray the character. And and uh, and that was uh, that was and still to some degree. Uh, a long time, and so the long story short, the Lord um, began to show me that it's not what you're doing out here. It's not the checkbox. It's not going to church. It's not oh look at my look at my spiritual resume. You know I got baptized at Grace Church. I got you know um, uh, all of this since second grade. All of these great Christian schools and. It's not all of that. It's it's what is it doing in your heart? Do you, you know the Lord yourself? Is it real for you? Or are you still fooling yourself and everybody else? And the Lord used a number of scriptures in my in my life. First uh, Corinthians chapter one has meant a lot to me about the foolish things of the world, founding wise. But this one in Matthew seven probably is the one that rattled my chain the hardest. And, We've we've taken a look at this in Sunday school, you know, recently with we're talking about apostasy. So I don't want to spend a lot of a lot of time going back through it, but I do want to just read a few verses because they really speaks exactly where I was. Okay. So uh Matthew 7, uh Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, right? Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And in, in chapter 7, he's getting to the end of this whole sermon in which he is talking about kingdom life, right? The, what are the citizens of his kingdom 
look like and how do they uh, behave and that it's not just you know murder physically but if you hate your brother god looks on that as the same way so in other words it's again it's not just the outward things that you're doing the check boxes uh one of one of our brothers in the bible study calls them hacks you know these little hacks that we trust in um well god is we, we're all comfortable with what we're doing here when god is looking at your heart it's like you may be in church but your heart is far from me <laughs> right and so the lord talks about that and there's a very sobering warning to those people at the end of the sermon on the mount in matthew 7. I begin verse uh, 13 14 she says enter by the narrow gate the gate is wide and the way is i like the way the esb puts this easy the way is easy we get comfortable on that way of sort of the religious game you find a church that kind of kind of accommodates you you know and, and if you're comfortable there and you ease in like a like a old comfy couch you know that's good and the lord must be pleased because i'm comfortable for, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter by it are don't miss this keyword many lots of people deceived by this for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Um, you know, I'm always troubled by people who just maybe, maybe I shouldn't because I don't know what the Lord's doing in their hearts, but somebody that just comes very easily in the kingdom of God. Like they pray this little prayer and they think they're good to go and, and they just leave how they want. But no, no, no. It's it's a hard way. It's a hard way. And and the Lord. Uh, with pain and difficulty, people are brought into the kingdom. And I can testify to that, that, that the Lord brought me to that time in high school uh, where it was, it was very troubling, you know, of what he was beginning to expose in my heart that I didn't really know was there all along. Um, and uh, how I didn't meet his standard. I mean, yeah, I can play the game out here. But if you're looking in here, <laughs> as R.C. Sproul uh, says, not for five minutes, five seconds in my life have I completely and fully obeyed the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you do that? I don't. I don't care for God's glory many times. I mean, I care for myself. I mean, just be honest, right? And so when we play the religious game, it 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 you know we can we can do that and very easily. And and the, the Pharisees and Jewish people do that. And Jesus was here too, and he was constantly exposing what was in their hearts. And then he talks about uh, in verses 15 through uh, 20, there he talks about false prophets. And then he goes back in verse 21 and he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, on that day, on the day of accountability, when everybody Young or old, rich or poor, great or small, as it says in Revelation, right? Will stand and give an account to the judge, right? On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Wow. I mean, those works that they list there don't sound like lawlessness. Some translations say evildoers. It sounds like evil. I mean, that sounds like some good stuff, right? I mean, healing and preaching, casting out demons, that's good stuff, right? But what is he looking at? Looking at the heart. He's not looking at the works. They were looking at the works. They thought they were good. Focus is in the wrong place. So, I appreciated Johnny's testimony this morning. It was very good. It's a good, you know, lead into this because the Lord can and will. It's a blessing, really, when He uses difficulty, the hard hardships like that, presses in on you. Like I said earlier, squeezes you to show you what's really in your heart. That's not a bad thing. That's no. That's the grace of God. He does that. We be thankful for it. The writer of Hebrews says that the Lord disciplines those He loves and chases their own selves to some. 
be ready for that. So not everyone who hears these words of mine, verse 24, and does them, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but did not fall because it had been found on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Um, he is talking here not just about the storms of life. Uh, you, know, you might be tempted to interpret it that way, and, and it can, you can to some degree. Uh, you know, again, the difficulties in this life um, help you see what your foundation is, okay? But the good thing about the difficulties in this life, the storms, is that they give you an opportunity to repent of that and start building on the foundation. What he's talking about here is on that final day. When the real foundation, in other words, the real motives of your heart are going to be exposed. And that's what really had captured my, my, my heart and still does now. Uh, and I have to keep coming back to that place all the time. I said, you know, testimony is not just what he did then, but what is he doing now? And, uh, you know, as you, as you know, we've been through about three, three and a half years here lately of, of some real difficulties, one thing after another, you know, not just the water, but our, our, our daughters, where they're at, um, other things. I had, before that was some, some real, very stressful six, uh, eight months of time on the job, you know, all that kind of stuff. Lots, long, long story, but suffice to say that as the Lord has been working he's been pulling back the onion so to speak and and one of the biggest problems that i have one of my besetting sins is self-reliance just uh, i got this you know i can do this and the lord is showing me you know you're very limited you know you need my grace and so i really appreciate what paul says you know that he had the thorn in the flesh and he begged the lord you know three times take it away Remember, the Lord responds to him. My grace is sufficient for you. The power is perfected in weakness. So our pride, our self-reliance is power repellent. If, if, you, if you're wondering why in your own life, you know, it seems like the Lord has been distant and it's just not, not wanting to start checking there. Well, am I, am I, was there pride here that's pushing the road out? A heart of humility. That seeks to put him first and depend on him. Um, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to hear, and I wrote down, was your vision or what you what burdens your heart as far as ministry, as far as church, and things of this nature. Because I, I know that you've been kind of pushing in that, talking about different things. And so I, I, I think. I think we'd all like to hear that. And then if you got any questions, you can raise your hand and you can try more. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm operating on limited sleep too. So bear with me. I, I resisted the urge to drink coffee and get jacked up this morning. So I, I need to sleep anyway. Right. Um, so just bear with me. But, Yes. So as far as as far as ministry goes, uh, um, when I was again back to back to high school, when the Lord, and by the way, He also used uh, C.S. Lewis's book *Mere Christianity* in my life heavily. Highly recommend that. But it was really great. We we tend to like the things we tend to to push on other people the things that work for us, you know, and 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 just have to be open to the fact that the Lord has a lot of other things He can use. Um, so maybe. You'll read Mere Christianity like no big deal. But for me, the Lord really used it. Um, but when he brought me to a place of first real repentance and casting myself into righteousness, Christ instead of my own, um, uh, I, the Bible came alive. It's the only way I can describe it. You know, I had, I had memorized it, you know, I've been to like said, Christian schools, navigators, memory. Program mom had these little cards, you know. Some of you may remember the 
and, and memory cards and stuff and memorize Bible verses. And, and so I knew a lot of Bible, but it didn't really make a lot of sense always, you know, but from that, it was like overnight, you know, this, wow, and things started to really connect and I started to be able to, to make sense. And I was really hungry for the word of God, whereas before it was just like, okay, all right, I did my daily reading check, you know, put it away. Let's get, let's get on the real life again. Um, and so after after high school, my first year of college was at the master's college, now master's university. Um, and I um, I was just I was just taken in. I was just like, wow, I had all the old New Testament survey, sat under some really great professors there at chapel services. I mean, you know, they bring in some really big guns, heavy hitters, and uh, really great stuff. And, and I was just just absorbing it all, taking all that. And I really because I had already been thinking about um, my interest in computers, you know, and pursuing that as a career uh, since seventh grade. You can believe that. Uh, who in seventh grade knows what they want to do, right? <laughs> Maybe Aaron. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, we're kind of weird. Yeah, we're, we're a little weird, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, but that year was a year where after the word brought me to himself in high school, I, I really said, okay, I'm willing to set that aside and pursue ministry, you know, what we call ministry, uh, preaching ministry, if that's what you want me to do. And, and um, But the Lord had a, uh, he very clearly opened the door for me to continue with computers. And uh, which I have to, in one sense, there was a sense in which I was relieved because you know, I sounds weird. Maybe I, I I don't have like a I don't have this this burning desire to have my name out here, uh, you know, on the road or Reverend so and so or Pastor so and so or whatever. Um, and, and I enjoy. I, I always think of um, what Eric Little. Said. You remember watch the Chariots of Fire movie? Remember that from years and years ago? And Eric Little says that he wants to be a missionary. Always calling to be a missionary. And he's trying to talk to his sister about it uh, but he's also a runner he's representing scotland in the olympics right and, and uh, uh uh and he says to her yeah she's like well you gotta get in the mission field I said, yeah but i feel the i feel the pleasure of god and uh um and that's true with with the vocation he's called me to and i, I enjoy it very much and he's used it well what's interesting is that um the lord doesn't he's not bound by our our little boxes of you've got to have this little um, reverend in front of your name before you can stand up and preach or before you can meet a Bible study or whatever. He really calls all of us to ministry, right? And and there's somebody in your life that you can afford, you know, what Christ has given you, you can pour into them as well. And uh, so the Lord has also used uh, 30 plus years of <clears throat> work in computers and around the government to kind of force me out of you know I, i'm i'm kind of more of an introvert person I, I just sort of like that i know it sounds weird but, but I, I i like i like just deep diving into some work you know just give me a problem i can dive into that whatever but he's 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 in this career is turned that this way to have to manage you know multiple things across uh, different lines of thought and threads at the same time and it's been a, it's been a challenge but it's been good and at the same time also to draw me out to be able to communicate you know uh, verbally unwritten communication very important so um i don't know i don't know what the lord wants to do with it i i used to have thoughts you know dreams about this that or the other you know i think i think all of us you know you, you see Big conference speakers or something, and you think, "Ooh, boy, how do that person out? You know, what it would it be like to be published or something?" You know, have your book signing there right after you speak at the conference, right, Eric? Yes. <laughs> and uh, um, but you know, the truth is, uh, if you and I know a few of those kinds of people, they're just normal people, by the way, too, right? They're just sinners saved by grace, like everybody else, and and uh, um, very humble. John MacArthur is a very, very humble person. He, he's an amazing person in private, too. Just just a very practical, very down-to-earth, very approachable kind of person. 
Um, I'm not saying that, that the Lord would ever put me in that kind of thing. Um, what I am saying is that I've learned that my little dreams compared to whatever God has, there's just no comparison, right? So being willing to just, okay, Lord, I, I have this desire or this wiring. I think you're calling me to this, but maybe there's something else here. And, and, and not reading his mind, you know, not trying to pretend like I know what it is that God is doing. Hmm. So does that make sense? Questions? Okay. So all through your junior years and even through school, high school and stuff, you practically played church to please others and even almost uh, deceive yourself into thinking that you had true conversion. You said it was in high school that you realized that uh, stop playing the game. I wouldn't say almost, but that definitely deceived myself. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Like you say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done all this stuff? By the grace of God, huh? But I would not have seen, and I, I know, I know I heard messages. Um, if, if you know anything about John MacArthur's ministry, um, Josh Weiss is another one who's really big on this. Um, I had a chance to talk with him. When we were down there in February about his own testimony. He's got it's interesting. He's got a degree. He started out in computer science, like I, um, very similar testimony. But um, John, same kind of thing. A lot of his messages center around that realization, that call. So I know, I know, I had to have heard what we just read earlier. Hmm. But the Lord. You know, you're, you'll hear things sometimes in life, many times, but then suddenly one, it clicks, you know, and it's not you. And I recognize, at the time I thought, okay, well, I, you know, okay, now I see, you know, it was more me-centered. Now I recognize that that is the Holy Spirit. That, that's his calling. That's the Father, all of, you know, we've been studying in John, right? All that the Father's given me will come to me. And no, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And so the Father's drawing through the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in his time and his way. He opened us to see that. His timing. Yeah. And yeah. So now, now I'm like hyper aware, you know. And, and after that, I was like, oh, wow, there's all these people in church because I, you know, when this happened, I'd go to church and I'd be like really excited sharing people and they'd be like, <laughs> good for you. That's that youthful enthusiasm. You know, so wonderful. Uh, are you saved? You might be deceived too, you know. <laughs> I'll open their face about it. I know that God works in different ways. In some cases, uh, in some people's lives, uh, their salvation experience is gradual. In others, I mean, there's going to be a point in time in which their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but to them, it's a gradual process. Same way with a calling of God, maybe at a point in time, or maybe a gradual realization of God's call. For you, was your salvation, your real salvation experience, gradual or a point in time in the same way with God's calling on your life or ministry? Was it gradual or a point in time? I would say it's more like um, Nicodemus than Paul. Because Paul is what you're talking about, that very yeah. dramatic, right. you know, Damascus Road experience, very dramatic, three days of deconstructing, falling apart, and that, you know, the Lord, uh, for me, it was more like Nicodemus. When Nicodemus, you know, we, we point this out in John, you know, he's, he seems to be having this, the Lord continues to draw him, but it's a slower kind of thing, um, although it was pretty compressed there. Uh, I was probably in my latter part of my junior year where the where the Lord, I remember one point particularly where the Lord really 
brought me to this place of despair with my own righteousness, you know, and, and, and I was like, I'm, I'm tired of trying to be right, I'm tired of trying to do all this, you know, all this stuff, and, you know, Christianity seems like a burden, that may be what it is, you know, um, because it's you doing it, and, uh, um, and, and so he just had to break me down to that point, but it took a while to get there, and there were some other points, kind of a close succession with that, too, where, where there was a serious call and shedding away of some idols in my heart. I, one of them was music. You know, if you know me, I, I know you guys love music. You can talk about it. And I love music. And, and it was an idol in my heart. I was listening to some music that I really I shouldn't be listening to, but it's okay. I can have my thing over here. Jesus can have my checklist, you know. And um, that happened with me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Now it's like I can't even listen to music. Oh my god, the song based alone, I can't even. Yeah. Yeah, I can listen to them, but for a short period of time, and then it just yeah, it's like, really like after yeah, when I try to go back sometimes and like clean it, I'm like, oh, I heard this song, I don't know, you know, you know, and then it comes on, and then you try to listen to the words, and you're just like, just like, oh my gosh. Just the blackness that comes from it. It's like, really? I love this. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. I have a question for you. Yeah. So I know on my journey, I mean, I have a totally different journey than you had, but um, I was always questioning whether I was truly safe because of my past and everything. And, um, you know, when I would pray and, you know, the Lord give me a sign that, you know, I'm truly in your kingdom. And, um, I remember like he would come back and it would be a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, and I would just have these profound moments of just like reassurance. And I was wondering if you, if you ever had any of those and I don't know. I usually have those when I've been spending a lot of time in the Word word and prayer and you, you have you have um, the lord will show you you know so i guess maybe against my wiring of, of being in computers for so long i con just constantly geared in my career to seeing a problem so so you know there'll be a hundred things going right and there's a hundred first thing that's wrong and i'll zero in on that and you know and so in scripture, when I encounter something that doesn't make sense, it just stays with me until I can really conquer that, you know, in my own mind. And, and, um, um, and so I've had a lot of those kinds of, you might call them epiphanies, uh, when the Lord finally, it sort of like opens up and, oh, now I understand what, yeah, it, I what it's saying. Um, but that's, those are not all the time. Right. Uh, you know. No, that's and, and 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 I think really the essence of the Christian life is not just seeking and pursue those as an end in themselves, we call them mountaintop experiences, but really, like Johnny said, you know, learning to walk with the Lord in those times of darkness and depression, but find the Lord in hell, like she said here. Wow, that's that's a whole other level. That's yeah, no, that's I had needed that reassurance that I grew up in a Christian life. So to be like, um, I guess, raised in another way. Um, I, kind of, I guess I kind of needed that reassurance because I wasn't sure if, I don't know if that, that I, you know, like I needed that one seeing of my insurance, you know, that I was seeing because like, I wasn't, I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> when you're not raised Christian and then a Christian faith, and then you, you know, you get into the Christian faith and, and you really study, you know, um, well, maybe this will help. Um, there's security in scripture and there's assurance, okay, and security is 
the promises of God and knowing what God says about I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. All who come to me, you know, all the fathers given will come to me. Uh, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. I didn't choose you, you chose me. You know, uh, no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. He's greater than all. You know, uh, uh, I can go on and on, right? Romans, Romans 8, where I, I'm convinced that nothing in all creation is able to separate from the love of God is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's security. And, and you, you you come to grow in confidence when you know that God is in charge of not just the macro. He's not just, you know, putting the stars in the universe out there and causing them to burn, but he is in charge of the micro too. He's every single detail of your life is, is ordained by him. It's not just known by him, but it's ordained by him. And, and so, but then there's, that's out there, you might say, but assurance is how it impacts you, you know, and, and, and uh, there's no doubt. I mean, the Lord has, because uh, that same thing, you know, I, I wanted to be, when I read that, in Matthew 7, it really, the word really rattled my chain. I wanted to be sure I can't have anything worse than to, to absolutely be sure that you're a Christian and then die and stand before God and hear another new. Wow, that is just the worst. One thing to be going to hell and, you know, know it, okay. But so the Lord has, has given me uh, assurance over the years, but I think, I think the greatest. Part of assurance is not just uh, um, maybe those moments of epiphany, but just the change in desires. You know, um, where it's not just what I want to do anymore, but you know, genuine desire to to love the Lord. You know, Romans five five, one of the, one of the more important verses in Romans, but one of the less known, uh, that, that God has poured His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which He's given us. We don't have a natural love for God. He gives that to us. We don't have a natural love for others. He gives that to us. That's a mark of salvation, a real regeneration. Right? And so, um, yeah, so he's confirmed that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little more on a person. No, but. I noticed, I, I know that sometimes in when you're married, you you get excited about certain things, you get certain uh, desires, certain goals, certain, you know, and they change over a period of time. And um, sometimes you do feel maybe that you're like, <coughs> Okay, spouse, this is really this is exciting. So I want you to get excited with me, okay, because this is this is something new. This is just I mean, I feel the Lord leading us to do a certain thing. So come on, sweet thing, here we go, <laughs> kind of thing. And I want you to pray with me about it. I want you to think hard about it. I want you to spend time in prayer also with me about this because I just feel changes getting ready to happen. Maybe because the Lord has worked in your life and has shown you um, certain things about himself and certain things about you. And, I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, so what I'm asking is in the different things that you feel the Lord possibly leading you um, in whatever aspects do you feel? I mean, this is a personal nature, but we are a family. And do you feel that Dory is like on the same page as you in your, like in your daily walk that includes her and the decisions that are getting ready to come up or have come up or whatever in all of the things that have been happening in your life do you feel that she's like on the same page as you in your enthusiasm um because you know you're as much as you study the word and your enthusiasm and your love for the lord is just like exploded 
you know, over the years, for lack of a better term, and then uh, do you feel that the same thing is happening with your stuff? And do you, is that is that too personal? Because that's a really hard thing. It happens to me sometimes, you know, and it happens to Rick sometimes. He's like, oh, I'm just telling you this. Are you not excited about this? Or I'm excited about this. And back and forth. So it's a tough thing. It's, e it's easy when you're by yourself in high school or even in college and you're making your own personal decisions. But like even Sandy and Eric, you know, moving across the country. I mean, it's just different things like that. So I'm asking is, is, is her enthusiasm the same as your enthusiasm about this? That all makes sense. Yes, good question. Okay. It's a very it's, good it question. It is on a personal menu. Yeah. And I'm not trying to. Because, because that is one of the things we talk about testimonies, right? The things that we're always learning. We're always growing. And I think that's one of the things the Lord has shown me recently is that a lot of the ministry things that I've been involved in, I sort of just done it without really talking to her about it. And and I think that's a mistake. <clears throat> I think that's the sin and it's wrong. And, and I need to be involved her more of that. Now having said that, she has had a focus with um you know with the girls and not that I wasn't, you know, we were working that together, but we had each had sort of a different angle on it. Um now that that is um that, that, that they are essentially on their own and, and and so forth um the Lord is I see the Lord really working her Part as well, and, and I I've been uh, praying to that end, and I, and I, I again I we have we've had a lot of conversations about you know what I'm involved with, what I'm doing, and you know is it is it really worth continuing or you know other things? What can you just stepping back and reevaluate, and um, and so I won't say that we've had a lot of deep and heavy conversations about where the Lord is leading us as much as it has been just stripping away again all of the busyness of life and getting to the getting down to the nuts and bolts of God let God be God let God be God because as you're as you're in the middle of again when you're in the middle of a storm it's pressure like that and he's squeezing me uh, you wonder why no, why is this going on? What what what's what am I doing wrong? Or, you know, there's it can be sense of failure or 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 uh, disappointment there in, in yourself, or maybe God has forgotten me or whatever um, that type of thing. And I know both of us have been there you know, in the last three years or so. And and uh, and I, but I see the Lord bringing both of us, I think, together to that same place of really recognizing that he is in control and that pride is really just me trying to be god instead of letting god be god and just being content with that and where things are yeah i just want to ask that because i know that the pressure is just like yeah you know really, really i know that you have expressed it and it's good it's good for us to hear that what you were doing through this, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't bust things up over time in this I think, I think that that is, you know, and with God's wisdom, that's probably the better way um, to do it, right? Because if you go to your spouse and you say, the Lord is leading me into this, you know, to drop this and lead me over here. Um, well, they may, okay, you know, you can kind of do your thing and I'm still going to do my thing. But if 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 your hearts are knit together at that level, if you if you are both uh, looking first to him and recognizing, okay, he's in control, he knows what he's doing. And if he is speaking to her about something, some changes over here, maybe I need to listen to that as, as not just, well, that's just my wife, you know, you know what I'm saying? We tend to da just downplay people that were married with. Um, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, so so in other words, not just united on agendas, what you're doing, check boxes, but united in your heart, you know, at, at that level. And I think once the Lord has you there, 
then he can begin to build some unity in terms of the direction he's going. Fifteen after he said, "It's good people are ready to go to lunch." I don't understand. Let me close this in prayer. What? Yeah, you can. Jeff, I'm sorry. I admire the desire to continue being involved in fire rescue at that time. Water rescue and all you have to continue to learn. And but the difference in that is that over time and over many scenarios of rescue or, or approaching firefighting, the, the NFBA standards change, protocols change. To adapt to uh, better practices. God's standards never change. He started out with <laughs> the premium, right? Okay. So your desire to continue to change in your life with allowing God to be God. That's, that's that doesn't happen in ourselves. That's an foundation. I think it's a lifelong struggle to do mm -hmm. because that pride keeps wanting to get back. Thank you for the Oh, yeah. Okay. Anything else? Stand as close Father, thank you for working in our hearts and in our lives. It's been a good morning. Appreciate the testimony of Johnny and I appreciate the testimony of my, my son. And I'm very thankful for what you're doing in his life. And I think each one of us can echo the gratitude that we have for working in our lives. I've talked a lot about the parable of the sword because that is a passage of scripture that you have used in my heart, in my life, to chip away the, the lack of fruitfulness in my heart and to help me really rely on you and to, to put a passion of following you and loving you rather than self and the things that, that I can have. And so I thank you for what you're doing and thank you that the fact that you are on the throne and that we ask that you would give us wisdom in these things and raise up an army of those who love the Lord Jesus Christ more than themselves and that will follow you as you lead for your glory. Bless this day and we pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.